Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat. I'm, of course, Nick Baumgartner here on a Monday with Austin Meek, which means Michigan football talk. Whether you like it or not, folks, Austin, Austin, how are we doing before we get started here? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, man, we got the feisty Jim Harbaugh today. Yeah, about that. I, sort of. I don't know yeah. what to make of that, but uh, the virtual, yeah, I guess. The virtual feisty version of Jim Harbaugh today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah feisty Jim Harbaugh on Zoom today, yes. Well, let's start with that, because I think that was probably the most interesting part of his... Um, his uh, press conference today, and probably the most interesting part of anything he said in a press conference in quite a while. Uh, Angelique asked him about um, his, I guess, in in two ways. I guess the question was asked about his uh, contract, sort of, and also, you know, whether or not he's looking for a parachute out of here to the NFL, which is, you know, to be fair, on the NFL part has been something that's been asked quite a bit. And, you know, but the contract, of course, also, and, and the question about, you know, how long do you want to be here? was and has been a completely fair question that, you know, he sort of answered um, and then sort of didn't answer. So, you know, what what was your reaction to that whole thing and sort of walk us through kind of what you heard? Well, that was the first time I've, I've seen that uh, seen that play out. Yeah. You know, you've been on this beat longer than I have, so I'm sure that was not happened your first before. rodeo yes. with that. Yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it... my sense is maybe it feels a little bit, uh, a little bit different this time because Michigan's one and two. Yep. And there's one year left on that that contract, and that's what it is right now. I mean, maybe in the past that was a hypothetical, you know, kind of a speculative. Well, gee, would Jim Harbaugh like to go back to the NFL? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, a lot of times that's just sort of rumor and innuendo and, and speculation. But it's become certainly more concrete now, given the fact that there's nothing secure about the future with. Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I, you know, one of the things I was thinking about coming off that game against Indiana that I'm sure we'll get into later in the show, but I think we're at the point now where one way or another, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are going to have to address the future as soon as this season ends. Uh, Either there's going to have to be an extension, there's going to have to be an announcement that, you know, they're working on an extension. Or there's going to have to be an announcement that they're going their separate ways. You know, mm-hmm. there just there can't be any more of this sort of vague, like, well, of course Jim Harbaugh is going to be back. You know, of course this is just going to continue in perpetuity. Yeah, <laughs> it's you can't say that right now. Right. There's going to have to be. This is something that's going to have to be addressed in a more substantial way than it's been addressed in the past. And I think that's what was happening today is there's kind of an understanding that we just can't do this anymore of this, you know, assumption that, well, of course, Jim Harbaugh is going to be here. Of course, he wants to be here. 
uh, until there's some resolution with his contract situation, I think these questions are going to come up in a way that's much more, you know, much less speculative and you know, much more concrete than, than has been the case in the past. Yeah, I'll start by saying that I am like still a little bit, even though not as much these days, but still like, I can't believe that we're here talking about this at the end of year six with Jim Harbaugh. This is not of all the scenarios when he took this job that people thought in their mind of how this was going to go or how it would extend or how it would end or how it would continue or whatever. This is like got to be toward the bottom of that list. But, you know, here it is. And I think that the, the, the weird part for a lot of people is that when you look back through his coaching career, uh, there haven't been a lot of instances where he's been in this situation, right? Like he was he was at San Diego and he was an up-and-coming coach and he, and he, he you know, had interest in jobs that maybe some people didn't think he was ready for, but people wanted him. And so he goes to Stanford, and then that starts working, and everybody wants him. And then he goes to San Francisco, and that works really well. And then it gets a little weird at the end, and suddenly he's in a situation in 2014, and that is what this is feeling like to me. That's what today felt like to me, because as someone who, you know, I know Angelique asked the question, and she was there at the time, and Mark Snyder's gone now, but we all used to watch Harbaugh's availabilities uh, in San Francisco that last year. That's what that sounded like. (laughs) It sounded like a guy who is saying, this is what I want to do. I don't know what everyone else wants me to do or what, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's trying to speak for other people, but I think it's all we can take from that was that his preference today is to be where he's at and focus on tomorrow, which is sort of what it's always been. But at the same time, there, there's never, you know, the only other time you can really say in Jim Harbaugh's coaching career that he's been in a situation where it's been questionable if the administ- if the people above him that make the decisions wanted him there would have been, the, the end with with the 49ers where you know uh Trent Balky uh and Harbaugh had a relationship that was just beyond repair at that point uh he and Jed York weren't seeing you know eye to eye at that point and it became this whole thing where there was like two years that went on where you know they were talking about you know maybe we'll trade him you know <laughs> Harbaugh almost became the first head coach that got <laughs> traded uh so that you know it, it felt a little reminiscent of that but his answers in those days were always you know I am here to do a job that my contract says and stipulates that I'm here to do, which is, and that contract ends whenever it ends. And I will, my plan is to fill my obligations at this job until that contract is over. That is sort of how he operates. And in the NFL, in some ways, that's fine. But here in college, it is not fine. You you are in year six of a seven-year deal. And I know that we're in a pandemic. And I know that if you talked about this in the winter and then the whole thing got turned sideways, you know, maybe, yes, it's tough to do all that in the middle of a pandemic when the school's dealing with a budget deficit. However, when the year started in 2020, January 1st, 2020, you still were in year six of a seven-year contract with no resolution. That is negligent at best. There's no other way to describe that. You can say anything you want. If Harbaugh left that thing open to give himself the opportunity to evaluate everything at the end of year seven, whether or not Michigan didn't push him on that, whatever it is, you can't let yourself get in this situation and they have now and it's awkward and like you said Austin I can't agree more at the end of this year someone somewhere with a voice on the record is going to have to talk about what they're doing here because take my word for it doesn't work in 2020 it's not going to work with anybody and why would you take your that's not a thing this is you know like you can't just say take my word for it I'm going to be here (laughs) and just move forward that's just not realistic in the world that we live in today and you know I don't know how else else to really say it. Right. You know, I'm of the opinion that athletic directors get suckered way too often mm-hmm. by coaches who the first time they do anything, you know, they, 
it goes six and six and you make a bowl game and then that off season the coach is ready to you know negotiate an extension yeah the nfl is going to be beaten down his door like right, we went yeah. six and six and we went to the liberty bowl so let's sign a seven-year contract yeah, right. extension yeah right uh you know and athletic directors do it like it yeah. happens that's you know that is that is the environment in college sports where any sign of success the coach and the agent are talking extension yeah uh, and you know you've written about this. We've talked about this. That's not how Jim Harbaugh operates. If if Jim Harbaugh was a normal yeah. coach with a normal agent, you know year two, year three, there would have been conversations about a contract extension. And it you know based on the the way things work in college football, it would have been warranted. Uh, you know based on where this program was two or three years ago, mm-hmm. they didn't do that. Uh, they let the contract run its course. You know, in some ways, in some ways, I think that may have been prudent, you know, to a certain extent. Like there was a time when it's like, hey, you know, you've got a contract. Jim Harbaugh's not, you know, not the kind of guy who's always thinking about the next deal, the extension. Let's get some more years on this contract. You know, yeah. I can appreciate that. Uh, partly because it's been shown that if a coach wants to do something, if a coach wants to go to the NFL, the contract is not going to stop him. Mm-hmm. If the athletic director wants to fire the coach, the contract is not going to stop him. Right. We've seen schools eat these enormous buyouts right. uh, and not really blink if if things are going bad. So, to some extent, the contract is not you know the contract doesn't mean the coach is going to be there for the length of whatever the deal says. But all that being said, we're now at the point with Jim Harbaugh where you can't put it off any longer right. um you know you can't I, I don't think you can bring jim harbaugh back without you know if you expect him to be the coach here long term you just can't bring him back in the last year of a deal without some resolution i mean right. for re- recruiting sometimes i think that stuff gets overblown that the coach says oh i <laughs> i need a, a contract for recruiting and really it's i need a contract uh, for my second vacation home you know mm-hmm. that type of thing exactly. But I do think we're at the point now with Harbaugh where he really does need it for recruiting because if he gets into year seven of a seven-year deal, how do you sell the future to to any of the players you're recruiting and say that with any confidence that, yeah, I want you to come here and I'm going to be your coach through your, your college career? Right. And it's it's just one of these things where he said that a couple of weeks ago, you know, what would your response be to someone who a recruit or a parent? And it was, you know, like, take my word for it, you know, and it was just like, yeah. OK, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, right. And it's like, you know, in a lot of ways, when he says take my word for it, it over the years, as he sort of said today, it's, you know, his actions have spoke for him, you know, almost in every instance in that, you know, there were. It was every year. At the end of year one, people were talking about this. I don't even think they made it through the whole first season before people were talking about, is he going to leave? Year two was the same way. The whole season, uh, year three, part of it. Year four, there was some of it. I mean, every single year, there has been some of it. And it got to a point where, you know, yeah, I mean, it was so ridiculous in terms of baselessness that every single time a job opening would come open, you know, you would get... 
you know, the standard, well, you know, maybe Jim Harbaugh will take it. And then that would mushroom into, does he really want to leave? I mean, maybe he would. I think he has unfinished business in the NFL. And it goes back to that whole thing at the very beginning when he got here, when it seemed like there were people that covered the NFL that were like personally offended that an NFL coach would leave for a college job and took it like, took it a really awkward way. But either way, I mean, like when you, when it all settles down, yes. I mean, all the things we said here, I mean, there has to be some resolution on this one way or the other, uh, you know, as they go forward here. And, you know, beyond that, from Ward Manuel's end, there has to be, there has to be an evaluation of the program, a deep, you know, and this is my segue into talking about what we saw last weekend, a deep evaluation, evaluation into maybe not necessarily even just, you know, as Jim Harbaugh, the guy that we want to lock our wagon to for another five years, obviously that's part of it, but every other thing that's happening and every other person that has an impact on something within the program, because it's just not, it's just not there. And when we're t- on the subject of contracts, Michigan has given Jim Harbaugh everything he has asked for. If there's something that he's asked for that he hasn't gotten, then I don't know what that is. And it's probably the most ridiculous thing of an ask that, you know, everything he's wanted, he's gotten. They have given, they, they have renovated the building again. Uh, he got that life insurance uh, deferred compensation package, which is very lucrative. He's been very well taken care of financially. He's been able to spend whatever he's wanted to spend on his coaching staff. Uh, their recruiting budget has been has been ramped up as well. There have been no instances of pushback, to my knowledge, in terms of him asking for and telling them I need their weight room. Austin is like the size of a space station. I mean, there's not anything <laughs> anymore that we can look at and say that they haven't given him everything he needs. So now. If you're Michigan, and we've talked about this before, you need to make sure that you, he knows you're you're his boss, and you know that it it's time to have a conversation about what's happening here because what we saw the last two weeks, coupled with what we saw last season, and you know over the last few years, it's not stagnation anymore. It feels like it's a little bit of regression, and that's not acceptable. That's where the line sort of needs to be drawn, and that's where these conversations need to probably start happening. Yeah, I mean, I. Obviously, I'm not inside Jim Harbaugh's head. Uh, nobody is, and you know, as right. you pointed out, anybody who claims to know what Jim Harbaugh is is thinking, you know, view that with a, a degree of skepticism because nobody really knows what happens inside his head other than than him. Right. But just based on his actions, the way I would interpret it is there seems to be this idea that well, when Jim Harbaugh decided it was time. Yeah, to yeah. extend his contract, then of course Michigan would do that. Like there was no, there didn't seem to be any sense on his part mm. that that would even be like a question or an issue. Like when he decides it's time, we'll do it. Right. Uh, and now all of a sudden we've gotten to the point where it's time or maybe it's past, <laughs> past time. Yeah. And all of a sudden from Michigan's side, it's like, uh, don't know <laughs> if we want to do this. And that's a, you know, that's a weird yeah. position because it's just... You know, it has been the assumption, I think, from anybody who, you know, is remotely clued into Michigan's thinking on this, that they want Jim Harbaugh to be the coach here. Mm-hmm. They've wanted him to be the coach here. It, it wasn't, you know, from Michigan's end, a lack of desire uh, for Jim Harbaugh to be here that has gotten us in this position. But now, all of a sudden, it's gotten put off to the point that, for Michigan, as you say, it would be irresponsible yeah. just to rubber stamp an extension for Jim Harbaugh. That would be a terrible mistake you know, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just can't justify continuing to pay Jim Harbaugh $8 million a year 
uh, you know, into the future for the results they're getting. It's just, you know, that would be, that would be bad business on Ward Manuel's part. Um, so yeah. yeah, you know, that's, that's where we are. It's just based on what we saw against Indiana, uh, and Nick, I, you know, I don't know what stuck out to you the most from that performance. Uh, but it just, you know, this thing is just continuing to go downhill and, you know, to go downhill in a way that, that it hasn't in the past for Jim Harper. Yeah. It's starting to catch up, uh, I think, and in the talent department and, you know, and I, this was a, uh, thing that I thought was possibly going to be problematic, you know, back in the winter of 2018, when they followed up what was his best recruiting class in 2017 with a not great year, um, another loss to Ohio State, uh, and just not a lot of good mojo, and they were just unable. That was 18 was the first year of that early signing period, and they were just unable to close the way that they had been closing in you know 16 and 17, and especially defensively. And I just in the back of your head, you just put that there and said, this is going to catch up at some point with them, and they're going to have to adjust to it, and they're just not adjusting. And I think that that's when I wrote on Saturday. And I know that you got into a lot of this too with Joe Milton on the other side. You finally have a guy that you've you know got yourself. You've recruited him. You found him. You're developing him. You, but there's so many things around him that need to be fixed, and that was yeah. sort of the issue here. You know, as they as they went in with this, because you know the defensive talent. I mean, I'm sorry, it's just not there. It's not there for what it was in 16 or 17 or even 18 when you know when Don Brown got here in 16. They had 11 NFL players on this team defensively. They had probably more than that. They probably had like 13. Like Mo Hurst was on the bench for crying out loud. That's how deep they were. And so, you know, they had guys who could do anything. They they lined up in man coverage and they played man coverage like 95% of the time and it worked like 95% of the time. And the next year they tried it again and it didn't as much and then they've adjusted, but you know, it's still been that aggressive my athletes are better than yours, and I'm going to teach them properly, and this coverage is going to work. And if you have the athletes, and if all those things were true that I said before the last sentence, it would work. But it's not true. Vincent Gray is not Jordan Lewis. I'm sorry. I mean, like, not a, no offense to Vincent Gray. He's trying. He appears to be trying his ass off out there. I mean, you saw the <laughs> clip, I think, of, uh, was it Villain, you know, trying to get his head up after he... Had another. I mean, you watch it and you're just you're you're crushed for the kid because it feels like he's just so frustrated and everything else. But this isn't you know he's not Jordan Lewis. He's not David Long. Uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is hurt now. Quiddy Pay was another guy who'd probably be on that list, and then Daxton Hill. But beyond that, you know, Josh Ross isn't Cameron McGrone. This is they're not Devin Bush. You know, there's no Winovich up there. There's no uh, you know Jabril Peppers on this defense. I mean, that's the stuff. No Wormley, no Mo Hurst. I mean, that's the thing that we're talking about here. To where when you lose this talent, you have to adapt and adjust more than you want to, and you have to be more honest with yourself. And I think for college coaches, sometimes it's hard because they do love the kids on their roster. They put a lot of faith in them, and they they're going to ask them to do things that you know they think they can accomplish. But when they go out there and they just can't do it. You have got to find a way to help them. And that's the stuff that we saw again on Saturday. It's what we saw against Michigan State two weeks ago. And Austin, it is what we saw last year far too often as well. It just doesn't it's just not as alarming because I think the talent right now is probably lower than it's been. And that's why all these mistakes just look so much worse uh, than sort of maybe the little little mistakes that we've seen in years past that they've been able to sort of survive through. I'm working on a piece right now with Jesse Temple, who covers Wisconsin, comparing the recruiting of Michigan and Wisconsin. And, you know, the recruiting conversation with Michigan 
it's a fascinating conversation. I think it's a little more complicated sometimes than it gets portrayed. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there is a, you know, there's a sentiment out there that, well, Jim Harbaugh just sucks at recruiting. That's why <laughs> Michigan's in this mess because Jim Harbaugh is a terrible recruiter. Right. Um, look, Michigan has not recruited at the level that they need to be at if if they want to win Big Ten championships and they want to compete mm-hmm. with Ohio State. That I think that's undeniable. Yep. I also think Michigan has recruited well enough that you can't just put everything on and say, well, it's recruiting. Exactly. You know, that's that's yep. what doomed Jim Harbaugh. You know, they've they've recruited okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at their cohort and the teams that they're, you know, basically even with in recruiting, they've recruited as well or better than Penn State. And Penn State has done more with it. You know, yeah, that's they've fair. recruited as well or better than Wisconsin, and Wisconsin has done more with it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I look at it and say, you know, you got to you got to dig a little bit deeper into it. One thing that really stood out to me, uh, just doing the research on the, on this piece with Jesse, is it's amazing to me at how many positions one of the lowest rated recruits on the roster is like Michigan's best player. Oh, yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, like right. you look at wide receiver. Michigan's best yeah. receiver is Ronnie Bell, right. who's like the lowest rated receiver on the roster. Running back Hassan Haskins mm-hmm. might be Michigan's best player, one of the lowest rated recruits on the team. Defensive end Quiddy Pay, one of the lowest rated guys in the in the on yeah. the roster. So that tells me you know, Michigan's actually done a pretty good job of finding these guys who weren't really big time recruits and developing them into good players. But man, that's not that's not a recipe right. for success. Uh, to think that your best players at every position are going to be like under the radar three star players who you develop. Like, like those guys are great. You want to have them on your team. Uh, but it's also striking like when Michigan has gotten good players and highly rated recruits. Those guys just haven't either they've transferred or they've gotten hurt or they just, you know, they haven't performed up to what you would hope they would be. Right. Recruiting at the deepest end of the pool, you know, apart from some of the, you know, shady stuff that that goes on, it, it, it still comes down to relationships and winning. And if you're not winning enough, you're not going to be able to recruit at that deep, deep end that we only see, you know, a handful of teams. And Michigan was, frankly, in 16 and 17, they were they were competing for kids of that ilk. They were getting some of those players. Rashawn Gary was one of those players. Everyone in the world wanted this kid. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, there are others, right? Like David Long was a top 50 player. There's a lot of them that signed early in his tenure, uh, in part because... It was brand new. There was so much attention on this place. There was so much expectation. They were putting a ton of money into it. And they were doing a nice job of selling to these kids that, look, I just came from the NFL. I coached in a Super Bowl like two years ago. And I know how to get you. I know how to get the most out of you. I can make you the, I can put you into a situation where I can get you to the highest possible draft ceiling for you and we can have a mutually beneficial relationship along the way that was the process that was the plan then they stopped winning and it got infinitely harder and they continued to try to fight those recruiting battles and they lost like all of them so I think after 18 they had to adapt and they had to adjust and they have struggled to do that for a number of reasons on top of which Harbaugh's staffs have been they don't they're not they don't they don't stay I mean they've there's been a lot of staff attrition and I mean you know let's be Clear here. The head coach has to be able to have a relationship with these kids on a level that's going to allow them to trust him all the way through. Somebody asked a question of him today. You only got 11 kids left from 17, the 17 class. Only 11 are left. Like, it's all gone. He's got to, you know, 
he's not a bad recruiter, but he could be better. I think that that's another thing that I mm-hmm. would suggest. Yeah. And that, you know, your relationships with kids and their families and all these other things, I think in some cases they are very good. I think in some cases we've seen they're not very good. And it's not, you're not going to bat a thousand every time. But I think the batting average should be a little higher than what it is. And I think that's another fair criticism, which all brings you back to the final point that we said at the beginning. Like, you've got to evaluate this. You've got to evaluate everything. Not just not just him, but like the recruiting department, uh, the develop, the strength and development department, uh, all the coaches, everybody. Everybody has to be evaluated because you are purporting to con- you know put yourself in a situation where you're trying to contend for the highest of the high, the national title, the Big Ten title, the whole th- the whole shot, which if you're in the Big Ten and you want to win the Big Ten, your plan better be we need to be good enough to win the national title because Ohio State's going to be good enough to win the national title. They are not even close on their best day of pulling the wool over anyone's eyes anymore and convincing them that that's the case. It's just not true. So if that's what you want to do, you have to go back and you have to really take a hard look at all this. And beyond that, if all you're asking for is compete in the Big Ten once every four years, then you need to recalibrate a lot about a lot of what you're spending on football because, I mean, what are you getting back here? I know that they've gotten, you know, the ticket base and everything else. They have had a lot of money that's come through, donations, all those things that happened right when Harbaugh got here. I got to say, you know, without having all that on paper in front of me today, I'd probably bet that those those numbers aren't as high as they once were. So, you know, all those things have to be taken into consideration. And I just think that uh, it's, it's well past time of just sort of sitting around saying that there's no way we could ever do any better here. And... That's just foolish because a lot of coaches could get you better than what we saw on Saturday, including the guy standing across from Harbaugh, Tom Allen, at Indiana. So, I mean, like, that's just the reality of the deal, you know? I mean, I don't know how else to look at it. Yeah, and he could probably do it for, like, $4 million. Yeah, right, and it probably would have looked better. So, I mean, on that day, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, that's the thing about the contract. Look, if you compare Jim Harbaugh's salary to his peers – He's obviously grossly overpaid. Like he's like yeah. one of the top five highest paid coaches in college football. And he obviously is not worth that in terms of the wins and losses. But I, I actually will defend that you know, at the time that Michigan signed that contract, even knowing where we are right now, yeah. that was not a bad deal for Michigan. Because part of that $8 million a year that you pay Jim Harbaugh is the excitement that you got when you hired him. Right. And that has translated in all sorts of ways, you know, in revenue streams for the university. Like hiring Jim Arbaugh has not been a bad deal for Michigan. No. But when you look at the future, you also have to understand the Jim Arbaugh you're getting now. If you sign that contract today, right. is not the Jim Arbaugh that you hired in 2014. You're not getting that excitement. You're not getting that buzz. And so if you're paying him the same amount now that you were paying him then – you're not getting the same deal. And I, you know, to me, that's where it comes down to is, you know, is Jim Harbaugh willing to take a pay cut right. to coach, continue to be the coach at Michigan? I don't know. I don't I, I don't know how important that is to him yeah. at this point in his life. Maybe he is. And, you know, if you're if you're paying Jim Harbaugh <laughs> Tom Allen money, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. maybe, you know, maybe that's still not a bad deal. Uh, but you just can't, you know, you can't continue to be at that level that you're paying Jim Harbaugh now with the results you're getting and go into the future. That's, you know, that's just, that's not sustainable. And that's, to me, that's the choice that both sides are going to have to make. Yeah. If you're Jim Harbaugh, you know, how important is it for you to continue to be here? Are you willing to swallow your pride a little bit and make less money? If you are, maybe there's a pathway for him to continue to be here. Uh, and if you're Michigan, 
how much really are you willing to pay for what you're getting now? And I don't know what the magic number is, but I don't think it's $8 million a year. Right. The, the whole the whole relationship, I guess, has been far more closer to like what Kirk Ferentz's contract situation at yeah. Iowa has been over the yeah. years as it is to closer to being like what Saban's has been, right? Where it's like Saban just gets a raise every other year because, you know, what's he making now? Like 18 million? I don't even know. That's crazy. But he gets a raise every other year because they just always – you know, keep pushing forward. But with, you know, a place like Iowa, obviously they don't have as much money as Michigan, but, you know, they've decided. And I think that, you know, a lot of Iowa folks, as frustrated as they've been over the years, and, you know, a lot of the stuff we saw this summer notwithstanding, obviously there's a lot of issues there that uh, that have that percolated up that need to be addressed. But, like, beyond that, I think uh, there's a good number of Iowa folks that would tell you that, you know, stability in that case, you know, was probably the better path than just firing him and, getting a you know round table of people in and out and starting over over and over and over because you know what's your ceiling what are you really working with and at Michigan right now I think that that's a conversation as well that they need to have at some point is what's your ceiling what are you really working with what do you want out of this what do you want this to be we used to have these conversations before they hired Harbaugh at the end of Hoke like the very beginning of 2014 at the end of 2013 uh, you know we all used to talk about what do you want this to be? Do you want this to be a football factory? Do you want to crank this thing up? Because they they spent money back then, but not like this. And so the question was, is do you want this to be, you know, one of these schools or programs that competes at the top level every single year? And it appeared that the answer was yes, that's what we want. And it has not worked. So if that's still what you want, then this isn't, this isn't going to be the, the answer. I mean, you're going to have to do something different. If it's not what you want, if you've decided, okay, well, we'd like to throttle it back and maybe maybe spend less and try to, you know, focus more on other things and uh, compete every now and again for the league and, you know, get rid of some of this noise and just peel it all back. I still don't know if this is the right answer. I still don't know if he's the right coach. But that's yeah. also something that you're going to have to figure out. And I think that that's part of what's at play here. When they fired Brady Hoke and hired Jim Harbaugh, Michigan football was completely desperate. They were at the lowest point of the low, uh, worse than any point in the Rich Rodriguez era. The Rich Rodriguez era was shocking. Uh, for Michigan folks because they'd never seen it before. And the Brady Hoke era was something completely different than that. And when they got to the end of it, they were without answer. They were looking everywhere. And it was when when they fired him on that day, early December, and it still felt like it was going to be a tall task for them to get Jim Harbaugh to sign. There was, I've never seen so many nervous, uncertain people about where this was going to go. And then all that changed within a month when they were able to sort of get their dream candidate. And then people's expectations, right or wrong, just went completely haywire. I mean, they just went completely off the rails. And then he responded with a really good first season and you've never been able to put that back in the bottle. So all these things go into it, but at the end of the day, none of it really matters because your progress track has to maintain itself and it's not. And there's no one anywhere, including Jim Harbaugh, who would tell you or make a valid argument otherwise. It's just not there. And, you know, that's... Indiana and Austin, we would agree. Indiana is a really good team, and Indiana might be the second best team in the in the East uh, right now in a weird year and everything else. And so, in some ways, that loss, you know what? Maybe it's not maybe it's not as bad as as it would get painted nationally. But when you pretend or purport or whatever to be better than you are or be at a higher level than you are, that loss is going to sting. And I'm sorry, Michigan does that a lot, and then likes to play the convenient, like, well, you know, we're not, we're not saying that we should. You know, yeah, you've done that. You do both. So you talk out of both sides of your mouth. You got to stop doing that. You got to figure out where you want to go, and you got to figure out what to do with this contract. And if Jim Harbaugh, at whatever age he is now, is the guy that you want going forward, those are all on the table. This is a really difficult deal. We get asked about this so much. It's one of the most difficult 
job profile things for people to figure out in media. Uh, all the, I know, Austin, you probably get the same thing. Everybody that you know that covers this sport will ask you about Jim Harbaugh every day until you <laughs> stop covering this team. That's just how it goes. And it's incredibly yeah. difficult to explain it. But all of this stuff is sort of, it's been bubbling and you've just got to deal with it now. You just, you're going to have to get in there, roll your sleeves up, all parties involved, and, and really think about what you want to do. And maybe that process has already started. I don't know that. Um, but you know, it needs to ramp up. And like you said, at the very top of the show here, like by the end of this year, one way or the other end of the season, you've got to come up with something because just, just idling through, isn't going to make it any better. And it's certainly not going to make the conversation go away. I think it's interesting that you brought up Iowa and it, you know, it brought to mind, uh, our, our colleague Scott Doctorman has a line about Iowa that they're the most self-aware program in the country. Um, and you know, it's interesting to me because Iowa has basically said, you know what, we're going to win seven or eight or nine games most years. Mm-hmm. And maybe some years in our really good years, we'll win 10 or 11 and we'll go to a Rose Bowl. Maybe in our down years, we'll win six. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we know who we are. And we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna get out over our skis and start thinking all of a sudden, oh, hey, we're Ohio State. We're gonna go toe to toe with with Ohio State. Right. Um, we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna maintain this level of being pretty good. And I think that is harder than people realize yeah. oh, in college yeah. football yes, to be is. a pretty good team every year. Because yeah. you know what? When you win nine or ten games, all of a sudden you start to think well, we should win 11, yeah. we should win 12, and you start chasing that. Uh, you, you just It's really hard to stay in that place. Either you keep going up and you keep getting better and that 10-win season becomes 11 and then 12, or you go down uh-huh. and you know you get your expectations get out of whack and things get crazy and all of a sudden that 9 or 10-win season becomes you know a 6 or a 7-win season. And you know, Jim Harbaugh has managed to keep it he kind has. of in that in-between zone. Where there's enough that you think, well, maybe he could eventually have that team that goes 12 and one or whatever. And I, the big question has been, you know, it's not going to stay there forever. It's either going to go up or it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Either Jim Harbaugh is going to finally put it together and have a breakthrough season, or they're going to, the wheels are going to fall off and they're going to start to go down. And that, I think that's what everybody has been waiting to see is which way does it tip? And, it's too early to say. I don't think we can say it definitively, but it certainly looks like it's starting to tip down. You know, it's starting to look like Jim Harbaugh is much more likely to have a losing season mm-hmm. than a than a Big Ten championship season. And when you get to that point, that's when you yeah, say, okay, maybe we've seen enough, right? Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I don't know if you can put it any better. I mean, it's just the situation, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you're, you're probably closer today than being, to being a 500, to, to, to randomly having a 500 year than you would be to having a 12 and 0 year or whatever, whatever it would be, or maybe even sub 500. But I mean, like at the end of the day, I mean, you'd look at all the things on the table. They haven't really had a rash of like off the field problems since Harbaugh's been here, you know, with players. I mean, it hasn't been perfect. I mean, there's been some guys that have had some issues, but nothing, nothing insane. It hasn't been beeline level, right? Where nobody had anything happen to them for however many years. But like, there hasn't been any of that. Um, you know, guys are graduating, it seems. Uh, you know, we, we talk every year to a handful of guys that have crazy majors on this team, and, you know, he wants them to pursue those. You know Noah Furbush and the what was space, what, astronaut whatever the hell he was studying all these crazy things so and they and, you know and he encourages that and that's all great stuff and he does take and I, I will say this without hesitation he does take uh, each kid's sort of 
you know, future track in terms of can I get you to the NFL and can I get you drafted? I do think he takes that very serious and is at the end of the day, that might be, you know, maybe one A or B on his list of I this is my most important thing here. I want to make sure these kids get the most out of this and have the the best experience possible. But part of the best experience possible would also include, you know, winning something of note uh, for what you're being paid. And, and, you know, like I said, you can get a coach to do all those things with the grades and uh, the citizenship and all that sort of thing for a lot less money with a lot less distractions and a lot less, uh, you know, back and forth and start and stop and everything else. And, um, you know, and that's that's the long and short of it. So, I mean... The game has changed so much over the years. The sport has changed a ton. College football is even isn't what it was in 2014. It's everything's different, and you know you, you really should be if you're any program evaluating this stuff on an annual basis. And I'm not suggesting that Michigan hasn't, but I think that there are times to keep your evaluation in maintenance mode, and there are times to keep your put your evaluation in critical thinking mode. And I think right now they need to be in critical thinking mode about where they're going, what they want to be, and, you know, make these decisions without anyone else's opinion, you know, influencing you, influencing you, of course. Obviously, you don't want to sit here and say, well, Paul, Paul Feinbaum says we need this, so we need to do that. <laughs> but, you know, take it serious yeah. and be and be realistic about it and, and really be objective. And I know that that's insanely difficult, and that's why all these athletic directors, uh, you know, go to bed staring at the ceiling every night, hoping to God they never have to do this sort of thing because they're so hard. But that's... That's the job, and you know that's that's where this is at. Because, you know, who knows, right? I mean, it, it's not impossible, I suppose, that they could, you know, turn this around, go on a run, shock everybody, and then at the end of the year with like a with a crazy rash of optimism. Well, we're signing Harbaugh for another five years. Oh, let's go. It's not impossible, <laughs> but it's certainly not likely. It doesn't seem like that today, and it seems like this team's got a lot of work in front of it to even get itself to a point of competing with a good team again, let alone beating one. And that's not what anyone signed up for at the end of year six when this whole thing started, pandemic or no pandemic. And those are indisputable facts uh, from all parties involved. There's just no other way to look at it. And, you know, that's kind of long and short of it. Yeah, I mean, in a way, this week becomes, uh, you know, pretty telling because assuming that we actually play the game, which it looks like from what I'm seeing today, Wisconsin is on track to be able to play on Saturday. So now all of a sudden, you know, this becomes... Pretty fascinating yeah. because you've got a Wisconsin team that has not played since the first Friday of, of the Big Ten season. It looked amazing mm-hmm. in one game, then had a COVID outbreak, had to shut down. Uh, now they're they're trying to get back. They basically haven't done anything for two weeks. Uh, we don't know who's going to be available for Wisconsin. It sounds like maybe Graham Mertz is on track to be able to play. Mm-hmm. So I tell you what, if, if Michigan gets house oh, oh. by a Wisconsin team uh, that is not at full strength on a Saturday night. Right. Um, now you're one and three. And I mean, you can just close the door. You right. know, there's there's no path back to anything, you know, that would be acceptable right. to be one and three um, if, if you lose this game. On the other hand, you know, if you're Michigan, you're, you're telling yourself, look, we're one and two. We're not where we want to be. We didn't play well the last two weeks. Uh, but we're playing a team that could potentially be shorthanded uh, and we're playing at home. This is our chance to, you know, to get things, to right the ship, to get things back on track. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I'm done making any, any type of prediction about how this Michigan season is going to go. Uh, but you know, this week does feel like it's, you know, it's either going to confirm a lot of what the last two weeks have told us, which is that Michigan is 
not a good team, uh, and the chances of this thing getting back on track are not real good. Or you know, this is going to be a, a game where at least you have to come away from it saying, okay, let's take a step back. Let's not you know, let's yeah. get too far ahead of ourselves. Let, let's see at least if this team has, has a chance to, to get it fixed this year. Yeah, the, they have no swagger, and I think that that's something that, you know, uh, people can get behind that if you have it, and, you know, they had it early in his tenure, and they haven't had it for for a minute. They've been whistling through the graveyard, as uh, our friend Brady Hoke used to say. They, uh, the last few years, they've been telling themselves that they have swagger, and they haven't had any of it. And if Jim Harbaugh has it in his ability in 2020, uh, at, you know, the current state of Jim Harbaugh's coaching career, to get back what he had when he came here, which is the ability to walk into a room and, you know, basically by being himself, pointing to his resume and pointing to his ability to see the game, manipulate the game and put people in the right spots and say, I don't care what your opinion is. I know this better than you. This is what we're going to do. And I don't want to hear anything different. He had an ability to inspire people almost through intimidation on that front that they didn't want to be in a spot where I, I just can't, you talk to guys that played in those first couple teams and it was, I can't be a guy that he thinks sucks because if he thinks I suck, then everybody, thinks I suck. you know what I mean? He yeah. had this aura about him. We haven't seen it in a long time. And people have asked about this for years. What, where did that guy go? I don't know where that guy went, but if there's any of him left in there, then now would be the time to ask him to come out and do, you know, the things that he was brought here to do, because that's, that's the stuff that they had that a lot of people thought they were going to be able to use to sort of will their way in a different, albeit a different path, but sort of will their way into that conversation that this guy has just had an ability to motivate people through sheer force of will over the years. And sometimes not purposely, but yes, through intimidation. He's been, a, he's a, he can be a guy that is intimidating to people, younger people. You know, they say, if Jim Harbaugh thinks I'm not good at football, maybe I'm not good at football. And then I'm going to second guess myself. So whatever has to happen there. You know, that's it. He's got to be able to take charge. And if he can't do that, if he can't, if he doesn't have that ability anymore in the college arena, then you question whether or not that this makes any sense going forward. And I think that's the end of it. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, all I can say is strap in. Uh, don't know where this season's going. Don't know where we're headed here, but uh, one way or the other, it, it feels like we're we're going to get some type of resolution here. So Nick and I will continue uh, to talk about that on The Beat. Nick, I know you're going to be uh, taping a show with Colton Pouncey later this week talking about the Spartans. Mm-hmm. So uh, come back for that, everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, this this will be interesting. This was a whopper so, of hey. a weekend, Austin, locally. This was about as bad <laughs> yeah. as it went. Michigan, Michigan State, and the Lions... As I think we've all yeah. Did you figure yeah. out the last time uh, uh, Chris Vanini pointed we, out that we had a, that Halloween 2009 was probably the one that and other people have pointed that out too, where the Lions uh, were in the middle of a two and fourteen season, got beat. Michigan and Michigan State got beat, and Chris also said that I believe Central, Western, and Eastern all lost all lost that weekend. All so, right, well. so it might have actually been worse, but this feels like the worst one probably since then because this was pretty uh, pretty pretty bad. Yeah, uh, the, the good old days are back again. Well, uh, hey, at least at least we've got the podcast there to uh, work through all our issues. So, Can all right, everybody. Yeah. Hey, thank, thanks for checking out the show. We'll be back to talk to you soon. Ah.